This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. Today is the final episode of Minor Blues Month on the Learn Jazz Standards podcast where we've been uh, working through three strategies for improvising over a minor blues in the last three episodes. Today's episode is really special because I'm going to be revealing my master plan for mastering a minor blues, for having a very high proficiency at playing over this song form by the time you're done and also feeling confident in your minor jazz playing, playing over minor chord progressions and of course on jazz standards. So important. This is going to be a fun episode. It's one that's really important. It's always the most important episodes, the ones where I actually give you an action plan that you can take action on, that you can start implementing into your practice because practice is what gets results. And this master plan here is definitely going to get you results. So take out your notebooks, get ready. Let's do this thing. Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host, he's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. Hey, what's up, everybody? Brent here from LearnJazzStandards.com, which is a blog, podcast, and videos geared towards helping you become a better jazz musician. Really excited to have you here. This is our final episode of Minor Blues Month on the podcast. This has been a really fun one. If you missed the first three episodes, those were a lot of fun. Uh, Basically, we went over three strategies for improvising over a minor blues. And in the first episode, we used kind of bluesy language and we composed an etude. Well, I composed an etude and you guys listened. And then in the next episode, we applied the second strategy and I recomposed that same etude. And then the very last episode that we did, I recompose that etude again, adding bebop language into it. And so that was a lot of fun. And that is a part of my master plan that I'm going through is is utilizing different language over top of a minor blues. But this is a super important episode because my, I guess I would call it my uh, secret sauce of a teacher is telling you how to actually accomplish something, like giving you a step-by-step goal-oriented plan. Like all of my students in my courses, everyone will tell you that's kind of my jam, right? And so that is what I'm going to be revealing to you today. Now, before we do that, the sponsor of this episode is my brand new course that literally just launched yesterday. If you're you know listening to this on the same day it's coming out, it just launched yesterday, Minor Blues Accelerator. And uh, full disclosure here, this master plan that I'm going over today is what we do in Minor Blues Accelerator. Yes, I'm giving away this information freely. I want you to have it. You can implement things on your own, but also would love to have you join Minor Blues Accelerator because um, I think as you'll see, I basically make a big easy button for you. And really my courses are about helping you get success. So if you're looking to really master a minor blues, 
to utilize all this material I'm going to talk about today, I do want you to sign up for this course. And I know you're not going to regret it because hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, actually it's thousands, I don't need to keep saying hundreds, of students have gone through my courses similar to this one and have gotten massive results. And all of my inner circle members will tell you, you know, this is really the secret sauce here. So be sure to check it out at minorbluesaccelerator.com. So go to minorbluesaccelerator.com and be sure to sign up for Minor Blues Accelerator. You're not going to regret it. If you commit to the practice, if you put in the effort, I can assure you by the, by the end of that course, you're going to feel confident in playing over minor blues in minor harmony. Okay, with that being said, let's jump right in to my master plan for mastering a minor blues. Okay, so this master plan is based off of my recycling jazz practice plan. My recycling jazz practice plan. And for those of you who have read uh, my books or have uh, been through my Jazz Blues Accelerator course, you'll recognize this plan. And so first, it's important that I go over what the framework of this is before going through the plan step by step with you as it pertains to minor blues and what we do in minor blues accelerator. So the idea of the recycling jazz practice plan is that we learn new information and then we recycle it into different instances And then we create something out of those, and then we learn new material and start the whole process over again. And when I've taught this in little masterclasses uh, and and whatnot, I've used a graphic where uh, it basically looks like a circle, and it starts uh, with, with at the very top, it's new material. Okay, so just kind of picture this in your head with me for a second on the podcast. So it starts with new material up top. And then we have an arrow that goes to your left. And there's another little circle there that says uh, transpose. Okay, so we start with learning some new material. And then we start going through the process of transposing. So we transpose that material. Then imagine from uh, on the left side, you have another arrow that's kind of going down around the circle and another little circle that says transpose again. Okay. So we've learned new material, then we transposed it, and then we've transposed it again. And then imagine another arrow moving around the circle, kind of to the right side of the circle now, and, and it says transpose again. Okay. So now, now we've transposed three times. So in other words, we have New material, transpose, transpose, and transpose, okay? And then imagine that on the, on the right side of this circle, there's another arrow that points up to it, and it says create, okay, create. And this is where we create something of our own using the material that we have learned. And then imagine, again, another arrow from that create going back up top, to where it says new material, and then we start the whole process over again, okay? That's the concept of the recycling jazz practice plan. And the way, the why this is powerful is because first we learn a set of information. I'll talk a second about what we learn in, as it, in this particular plan, but we learn new material. Like this is material we've never seen before. It's brand new, okay? So that's obviously gonna take some upfront practice time to be like, okay, new material, I need to learn this material. But that's where a lot of people actually stop. Uh, and first of all, they don't even do it in the way that I'm about to tell you, which is very uh, cohesive, like it all works together very purposefully. They just kind of learn stuff, okay? But 
you know, they just kind of stop at, hey, I learned something new, and then they go to something else, okay? Now, that can be okay in some circumstances, but in this plan, the beauty of it is once you learn that material, then you transpose it into another key. So the way I like to go through all 12 keys, which, okay, I kind of just gave it away, the recycling practice plan repeats itself three times because, you know, if, if you we're counting new material, transpose, 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 that's four keys right there. And then the creation, you know, that's just creating. So four times three is 12. So you go through the recycling plan three times, essentially. And then you've gone through all 12 keys. So I like to go through through it with the, the cycle of four. So I go C, F, B flat, E flat, A flat, you know, so on and so forth. That's how I go through the different keys. Um, so... You learn all that new material in C, then you transpose it into F, concert F minor in this case, and then you transpose it into concert B flat minor, and then you can transpose it into concert E flat minor. Okay, now for a second, I just want you to imagine what would happen if you learned even just one piece of material, a musical material, not in one key, but in two keys. And not on two threes, two keys, but in three keys and four keys. Now, in four keys, imagine, imagine how well you would actually know that material if you went through this process. Like, if you actually did that, how well would you know that material? And that's an important part of the Recycling Jazz Practice Program because when you recycle that material like that, you're playing it in different contexts. You're ingraining it in different contexts. So we really learn the jazz language and the other aspects that I'm about to talk about in a second, okay? So that's the power of that. Then the last step in the recycling the plan is create, okay? Is create. Now this is crucial. This is crucial that we create because learning other people's stuff and learning exercises is great. But what you really need to do when we want to become better improvisers is actually get out there and create our own stuff using using the knowledge that we've just gained. So you've taken some musical material into four keys. Now it's time to create something with that and make it your own. And that's the stuff that really sticks in your jazz playing. That's the stuff that really you will see come out when you actually improvise, right? When we take things from someone else's perspective and turn it into our perspective, right? We're not regurgitating the same material that we've learned. We're manipulating that to become our own. And so we have to practice that. Like anything, we have to practice that. We can't just automatically do that, okay? So now, like I said, the recycling practice plan goes through the cycle three times to get through all 12 keys, which means that you're learning three sets of new information, right? Three sets of new information. You're only learning new information three times. Everything else is recycling and transposing, aka, and creating. Okay? So if you just imagine this for a second, you know, think of how powerful that would be if you were actually implementing this, like if you went through this. Now, some people ask me this question, like, well, Brent, how long would it take me to do this? Uh, how long would it take me to do this? Because, you know, that seems like a commitment. And 100%, this recycling jazz practice plan is a commitment. And you do have to be committed to practicing. In fact, anyone who's ever told you that you can listen to a bunch of podcast episodes by me or YouTube videos or learn this lick or just learn this one solo and just keep learning random stuff 
and you're going to get way better way faster. They're, they're lying to you. Like you have to commit. You have to have a process. You have to say, I'm going to commit myself to do this. And so how long will this take? It really depends on your skill level. I've had people finish my, uh, my recycling practice plans in one month. I've had people finish it in two months. I've had people finish it in three months, four months. I've had people finish it in six months. And six months being people that just really didn't have a lot of time to dedicate to it, right? They just they just wanted they were just coming back and forth. But to people that I would say the average of people that are vigilant going through this process, you could say, hey, give it one month per uh, per recycling plan, right? There's three, so give it give it. One month, in my case, in Minor Blues Accelerator, we have modules. We have three modules. So give it one month per module where you're really focused. And that's only three months of your life. And you could even cut that down to a month and a half. You could even do it in one month if you have enough time to practice, right? So if you can commit three months of your life, I mean, it's pretty much a guarantee that at the end of those three months, you're going to have a high proficiency, in this case, at playing a Minor Blues, okay? And that's pretty exciting to me. So let's go now through what this recycling practice plan looks like when it comes to the minor blues. And the way I'm going to do that is just literally walking through uh, the modules of Minor Blues Accelerator because that, that this is the essential, essential practice plan is what my Minor Blues Accelerator is um, put into action, of course. Okay, so let's start at the very top, which is learning new material. Learning new material. Now, there are three kinds of new material that you'll learn in this practice plan, okay? So the first is mapping exercises, okay? Mapping exercises. The second is blues heads. The third is an etude, okay? And now all three of these new pieces of material have a particular function. The mapping exercises are chord tone exercises, guide tone exercises, and scale exercises. These are essentially, what are the notes in a minor blues form? Like, what are the notes? What are the most important notes? Those are the chord tones. What are the notes that define each chord quality and are important to target? Those are the guide tones. What are all the notes in between that we can use as pitch collections for improvising over minor blues? Those are the scales. So you've pretty much covered all of that. And we do exercises with these using voice leading. I'll show you some examples uh, in just one second. And that's powerful because, yeah, it's not necessarily creating music yet, but you're going to know after you do this in all 12 keys, <laughs> after you do this in all 12 keys, sorry, I'm getting excited just talking about it. You, you're going to know how to play on your instrument. Doesn't, I don't care what instrument you play. You're going to know how to play all the notes that are important on a minor blues form. Okay, so mapping exercises is the first of the new material you're going to learn. Okay, number two is the blues heads. So you're going to learn three blues heads right in the entire course or in the entire this entire process. And the blues heads are important because obviously you need to know how to play some heads, right? You need how to play melodies if you're going to go to a jam session. But also the heads are minor blues language in and of themselves. So you're learning language and you're learning repertoire at the same time. So that's important. The third new material is an etude. Now, if you go back several episodes ago, I used the tools of minor pentatonic scales and blues scales to create an etude. And in this particular case, in my minor blues accelerator course, that's what we do. We base uh, each etude that we learn in the course in this practice program off of those tools. 
okay? Uh, now, in Minor Blues Accelerator, uh, th we're not using the etudes I composed. Uh, we, I had a professional jazz musician, Keelan Dimmick, who is a phenomenal musician, uh, create and compose these etudes. So they're different etudes, but um, those that th we're learning this incredible language using very specific tools, right? We're not playing everything under the sun, we're using these very specific tools to actually learn some real minor blues language. Okay, so again, mapping exercises, we have the blues heads and we have the etudes, okay? So now let me show you some examples of what uh, this material that you're going to be learning is, right? And again, I'm going to show you this because I don't. If you don't want to take Minor Blues Accelerator or have a course or you can't afford it or um, you don't have time, whatever it is, I want you to be able to do this yourself if you'd like to, right? I want to give you that opportunity. So I'll, I'll show you what I do and then maybe you can recreate that for yourself if you want. So let's show some of the, the mapping exercises. So here's an example of a chord tone exercise. Okay, so again, that's not music, that's an exercise, but you will know how to play all the, the chord tones. So the roots, the thirds, the fifths, and the sevenths. But not only that, you'll be you're connecting them together using voice leading. And what voice leading means is you go up, say, the arpeggio of a C minor seventh chord. Let's say that's the one chord, right? And then you connect it with the nearest chord tone of the next chord. So that doesn't necessarily mean you're starting on the root of the next chord. You're starting on the nearest chord tone. And the way I like to do it is I like to go ascending up one chord and descending down the next. That way we're able to connect them together. Because in reality, that's what you're doing when you're improvising, right? You're connecting notes together. You're not going, oh, here's C minor, start on the root. Oh, here's F minor, start on the root. If you did that, it wouldn't sound musical. So you have to practice connecting these things together. So you could sit down and compose your own chord tone map that same way just going over the blues form and just just chord tones that's it that's all you want to do okay so after that then we have the guide tone map so the guide tones are the thirds and sevenths right so the chord tones are the root third fifth and seventh but the thirds and the sevenths are the the ones that really define the quality of the chords for the most part and so if you're targeting those notes in your solos, it's going to help bring the chord changes out, which kind of separates the pros from the amateurs, in my opinion. So the first step is mapping them, like knowing where they they sit in the form and on your instrument. So here's a guide tone map. Okay, so even simpler, even simpler because you're only playing the thirds and sevenths, but you can hear the chord changes come out, right? Because those thirds and sevenths are so important. And the point of this, again, is to be able to know where those guide tones are. Okay, so now the last one is the scale map. And I usually end with the scale map because 
scales shouldn't be the main focus. It's kind of just tying it all together, right? It's kind of just playing the notes in between. Now, in Minor Blues Accelerator, what we do is for each module, we change up the scales slightly because as you know, there's a ton of scales you could choose, right? Uh, you could choose uh, altered scale over the dominant seventh chords to resolve to the one chords. You could choose mixolydian scales. You could choose a, just a natural minor scale or a Dorian over the one chord. You could choose a melodic minor scale. So you don't want to get overwhelmed when you do when you do this. So if you're doing this by yourself, what I would suggest doing is picking very simple scales. So for example, over the one chord, choose uh, just uh, the Dorian mode, okay? Uh, or if you don't know the Dorian mode, a natural minor will work too, okay? Over over the, the two chord, choose a Locrian mode, okay? Because the Locrian mode it works really well over the two chord. Over the five chord, just choose a Mixolydian. Although, really, those five chords in minor harmony, it's nice if you alter them. So that's where playing either a half whole diminished scale or an altered scale can be a good trick to use. Whatever it is, just pick one scale per chord and make it very simple. So in this particular case, uh, I'm going to choose, uh, which which module do I wanna choose an example from? So let's choose, I'm gonna actually just choose the first scale map we do in module one, which literally is just using minor pentatonics and mixolydian, and I think we also have one altered scale on there. So let's listen to that one. Yeah, so just the minor pentatonic, uh, we had a mixolydian mode, and over that last five chord, we did an altered scale over top of that. And so that's only three scales, and if you could hear through that, we use the same concept of voice leading, going up and down the scales, connecting to the nearest scale tones in this particular case from chord to chord. So what you can do is just pick simple scales that you know already and create a map like that for yourself right? Create a map like that for yourself. So in, in review, we have a chord tone map, we have a guide tone map, and we have a scale map. And that pretty much covers our, our note choices, right? And like I said, you know, when you go through the recycling plan a, a second time, in our case, in, in Minor Blues Accelerator, the second module, you can change up the scales a little bit. You can do, you can maybe even change the chord changes up a little bit, which we also do in Minor Blues Accelerator. We start with some very basic minor blues changes, and then we add to it a, a few chord changes per module so you can see what other possibilities happen that jazz musicians do. So you can just do that yourself. So that's the mapping right there. That's just the mapping. Okay, the blues heads. So there are a bunch of different uh, minor blues heads that you can learn, of course. You know, one is Mr. PC, right, by John Coltrane. Another one is um, Equinox by John Coltrane. Uh, uh, what's uh, Burke's Works is another one that you can do. So there are minor blues heads that you can learn 
from recordings, I would recommend doing it. But the way the Recycling Jazz practice plan works is we start with Concert C minor, okay? We start with Concert C minor. So wherever you learn that blues head off of a recording, which that's kind of my philosophy. If there's anything that you... If you can't learn things off of recordings very well, but you would only pick one, I would say be the melody of of a jazz standard or a blues head, right? So learn that off the recording, but then you might have to transpose it to C because we're starting on concert C minor. So that would be the only extra step, I would say, if you weren't uh, reading the music off of a piece of sheet music, right, is you want to make sure that you're starting a concert C minor. So essentially, if you want to do this yourself, pick three blues heads, three minor blues heads that you want to learn and just establish the first one that you want to learn. And we start in concert C minor. Okay. So now the last one is the etude. So what you can do if you want to do this by yourself is if you can find a good jazz etude book that has some minor blues etudes in it, that would be a good place to go. The other thing you can do is you can learn a 12 bar solo and I would and this is important to say only 12 bars you don't want more than 12 bars so if you take an etude from a book only 12 bars please do not do more than 12 bars especially when it comes to transposing it that'll be nuts if you do more than 12 bars so just 12 bars so you want you could do it from a book you can learn 12 bars of a solo off of recording right that's a little bit of an extra step to do but that's something that you can do as well either way you can find 12 bars of musical material over a minor blues that you want to learn. The benefits of etudes, especially when it comes to a process like this, is that etudes are usually composed using specific elements. So remember, in the last three episodes of the podcast, I composed etudes using different tools. That's what we do in Minor Blues Accelerator too. We use actually those exact same tools that I did in the podcast previously to base our etudes off of those different elements, what I call the three pillars of minor blues language, right? So that's what's helpful about etudes. And so if you have an etude that's composed specifically to help you learn a style of jazz language, that can be helpful. If you don't have the ability to do that by yourself, it's okay. Just find 12 bars of a minor blues and that's going to be your new material to learn. So let me play a quick example of an etude in Minor Blues Accelerator. And this is the one we do in Module 3. Admittedly, it's the most advanced one we do. So the other two are uh, a bit easier. But again, we work up to this, right? And this one is using the tool of bebop language. So take a listen to this one. So that's where we start with the new material section of the practice plan. And like I mentioned, we start in C minor. Okay, so we learned all those mapping exercises, those three mapping exercises in C minor, concert C minor. And then we learned our first blues head in concert C minor. And then we learned our first 12 bar etude in concert C minor. So think about how powerful that is, right? You just learned that new material. That in and of itself is great. 
Okay, but that's not that's not where it ends. Like I said before, so now let's move to that was session number one. Okay, session number one. Now we go to session number two, and in this session we don't learn new material. We're gonna transpose. Remember the recycling plan. We're gonna transpose all that new material now. So. We're going to move to concert F minor because, like I said before, I like going through the cycle of force. It's just a different way to do it rather than going chromatically or some other way. If you have another way you like to go through all 12 keys, that's fine too. This is just the pattern that I like to go in. So concert F minor is the next key. So this is where you take all of that material and transpose it into concert F minor. You take those mapping exercises, don't make new ones, just take the same material and transpose it into F minor. Take that same blues head and transpose it into F minor. Take that same 12 bar etude and transpose it into F minor. So the challenge of session one was learning the new material. The challenge of session number two is, hey, you know this material already, but now you have to take it into another key, and that's its own challenge in and of itself. Now, I say that in my experience with students, the first two sessions are the hardest session of the entire process. They're the hardest se- sessions because the first one is like you're it's again, you're learning new material, never learned it before. Okay, that's a little difficult. And the second one is okay, I've I'm not really used to transposing material, okay? So the first two can be a little bit more difficult. They may take you you know, two or three days to accomplish. And that's totally okay, right? Because that's what, that's all that matters, that you put in the time and that you get them done. The great news about this is you don't learn a bunch of new material, like I said, you're recycling it and you get better and better at transposing as you keep doing it. It gets faster and faster. So it's really great because, yeah, it feels like an uphill slog, but eventually things get easier and easier and you start going, hey, I'm actually used to doing this. This isn't quite as difficult as it used to be. And that's why I call my course Minor Blues Accelerator because really we're accelerating the process by you know, really getting down into the trenches and putting in the work and doing it in a focused step-by-step way And that way we get those results so much faster. Like I said, commit to three months of your life to doing this stuff. And on the other end, you're going to feel better about your jazz playing. You're going to feel more free when it comes to playing minor harmony and really any other jazz standard. Okay, so that's session number two. We transpose all that material to concert F. Okay, session number three is we're going around the cycle of fourths. So now we're in concert B flat minor. So again, we're not learning new mapping exercises. We're not learning a new A2. We're not learning a new blues head. We're using the same ones. All we're doing is taking that and transposing it into B flat minor. All we're doing is transposing it to B flat minor, okay? Now, at this point, once you've transposed all this to B flat minor, this is where people start telling me like, "Oh, I actually feel like I'm I'm really starting to learn this stuff. I really feel like I know this etude really well. I really feel like I know the mapping exercises pretty good, right? That's where people start to really feel it. They really start to feel it. So that's all you're doing in session three. You're transposing it into this next key. Okay, session number four is concert E flat minor. Again, going around the cycle of force. So now again, we're taking all that same information E flat minor. So if you think about it, it's it's not quite as overwhelming as it seems at first. Like session one, you're like, ooh, that's a lot of stuff to learn. 
but you're really just spending this the time learning that same material just figuring out how to play it in a different key which again does have its challenges but students also report to me that by the time they get to concert e flat really at this point the transposition has become a bit easier too because they've already transposed two times and they've been playing in three different keys already so then they start to like go oh you know what e flat not such a big deal like i can do this and they're able to do it a little bit faster and by the time they're done e flat minor i also get reports from students that hey i really know this material like i feel very confident in this material which is exactly where we want you to be in session four okay that's exactly where we want you to be because in session five we're not going to be working on that material at all we're not going to be transposing at all like i said in session five this is the creation part of the recycling plan and in my courses i call them jam sessions um, because essentially what i have you do is one of two things so either one you compose your own 12-bar minor blues etude, okay? And the benefit of doing that is you get the opportunity to really take the time to think about what you actually want to play. And you learned all those mapping exercises, right? And you learned that etude, and you learned that blues head. There's lessons in those things. You probably uncovered some things that you hadn't uncovered before. So you can take the time to be like, oh, I like that little line in the etude. How can I work that in my own way? Or, hey, I love how I'm able to resolve to those thirds and sevenths from the guide tone maps. How can I compose a line that resolves to those, right? So composing is taking the improvisation process and slowing it down. And it's something that I prescribe to pretty much every single one of my students. Like, do that a little bit because that's going to really help you. If you can compose your own stuff, all you have to do is get that faster to happen faster, to happen more naturally, right? So... That's the first option is to compose your own etude. And the second option is just to improvise. Like, because at the end of the day, like, that's really how you get better at improvising is just improvising. Like, you just got to make some mistakes and you just need to start playing. And, you know, some things will come out naturally. Other things won't. Like, you're like, hey, why couldn't I play that lick from the etude naturally? Well, that's okay. You don't have to, right? But you probably played something else and something else starts connecting the dots, right? There's just little puzzle pieces that continue to build and build when you do stuff like this. And so you just get out there and do it. Now, here's the helpful thing about um, doing a course. Like, again, you can do this by yourself, no problem. But doing a course like my Minor Blues Accelerator can be helpful because we have a community built in with this. Um, and all my inner circle members have access to this course as well. And you know, really, it's a vibrant community of other musicians who you, know, you, you post your jam session. And people say, hey, good job, Joe. Good job, Jill. You did a great job. Uh, here's something that I noticed that maybe you could do better. And me or one of my team is is in there as well, like commenting from time to time uh, on, on people's stuff to give some feedback, right? And so you need that. You need that community to feel like, hey, I'm not doing this by myself, right? It's helpful to have other people. And so if you don't have the ability to become a minor blues accelerator student, I would recommend seeing if you can find a friend or someone to do this along with you, a jam buddy to do this along with you, because that way you guys can kind of go like, do you're in on it together. Like, hey, I did, we did session one today. Hey, I did, we did session two today. Um, hey, jam session time. Hey, here's the etude I, I, I composed. I want to play it together, right? Stuff like this. Or if you can't get together because of uh, the pandemic, well, then you can just share recordings with each other. That helps to have that community built in with these practice plans, because 
What I also find from a lot of folks that are, are, are coming to me for advice is they don't really have that community of people to interact with, right? They, they don't really have jam sessions around. And if they do, it's not very often. They may not have enough buddies. So they're really playing with backing tracks a lot by themselves in their practice room, which is fine. But that's hard to stay motivated through a, a practice program like this. You need that motivation. Okay, so that's session five is create. So either compose an etude, just a 12-bar etude, don't do longer, or just practice improvising over, over a backing tracker, however you want to. Okay, so that's what I call module one, or it's phase one in the Recycling Jazz Practice Program. So again, just to review, in session one, you learned new material, mapping exercises, an etude, and a blues head. Session two, you transposed it. Session three, you transposed it. Session four, you transposed it. And session five, you created something of your own using some of the knowledge that you've gained. Okay? That's one third of the practice program. Now, I can kind of expedite the rest of this because you kind of will get the picture. So session six is the first the first session of module two. And so now we're in the key of concert G sharp minor. G sharp minor, because that's the next key in the cycle of force is G sharp minor. And in this one, we're starting the program again, and we're learning new material. So now, not all of it is new material. Like, for example, the mapping exercises are essentially going to be the same, except for in my course, what I do is I change the form up just a little bit, just a little bit. I add a few extra chords from what I did in the first module, and therefore, there's a slight difference in those mapping exercises, right? Because we have a few more chords in there. But other than that, it's kind of the same thing. So that right there, that's it's, it's not too overwhelming because I already know mapping exercises pretty well. We're just going to keep transposing them, right? But you do learn a new blues head and you will learn a new etude. So again, you're going to do the same thing. If you can't join me in Minor Blues Accelerator, then you can do this by yourself by picking another Minor Blues etude by picking another 12 bars of a minor blues solo or etude, right? And doing this yourself. And that's your new material in G-sharp minor. In session seven, you take all that new material that you learned and go to C-sharp minor. In session eight, you go to F-sharp minor. In session nine, you go to concert B minor, okay? Okay, now you've taken that new material into four different keys, four different keys, and really at this point, again, my, my students report back to me that transposing has become exponentially easier and the navigation on their instrument to what may be some difficult keys or uncommon keys for some instruments becomes so much easier, okay? Becomes so much easier. And that's from doing the work. That's from going through this process. And of course, now you're internalizing new melodic material that's going to be helpful for your improvisation. And then in session 10, you have your second uh, creation session, or in, in my courses, we call it jam session number two. And now it's time to create another solo and say, hey, I learned new lessons. Now I need to apply that stuff, right? Okay, so just going through module three starts or phase three of the plan, because we're going to go through the last stretch here to get to the end of all 12 keys. So session 11 is concert E minor, and you learn new material. Same thing. Uh, you, you do the mapping exercises. I add a few changes in module three. You learn a new blues head. You learn a new minor blues A2, just 12 bars, okay? So new material time, session 11. Session 12, you transpose it all to A minor. 
Session 13, you transpose it all to D minor. Session 14, you transpose it all to G minor. Okay? Now, after that, it's not quite over yet. Um, now, at, at this point, what you could do is just end it by creating the same thing. Do, do an etude or just practice improvising. What I do in my course is in session 15, we review modules one through three. And what I have my students do is just pick one key per module, especially the ones that you felt like were a little bit more difficult for you, and just just practice all of those resources once. And and it's not going to take you that long because you're already kind of familiar with them. You've already done it. It's more just refreshing your memory on module one because it's been a, a while. Refreshing your memory on module two because it's been a while. And then just one more time reviewing one key from module three, right? So we do a review session. The reason we do a review session is because in my course, we do uh, in session 16, a final jam session, which is I create this backing track where you play through the minor blues in all 12 keys back to back. So it's like you do C minor and then immediately go to F minor and then immediately you go to B flat and then to E flat. It's kind of like the big challenge or like if you're a video game player, it's like the you, the, the, the the last level of the game, right? And so you, you, you post your jam, your final jam session of you playing in all 12 keys. That's kind of like how we, how we close off the course. And so you could do the same thing, of course, by yourself and play with a metronome, create your own backing track um, with a program like Band in the Box, which is what we use, and 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 you can do that. And by the time you're done this, I don't know if you picked this up yet. By the time if you actually do all this stuff, like wow, think about where your minor playing is going to be. Right? Think about where you're going to be playing minor two five one chord progressions. Oh man, so much power in all this stuff. Um, so that's my practice plan. I hope you took some notes, especially if you plan on doing this yourself, because there was a lot there. But I guarantee you, if you actually go through with this, you're going to have some really great results in your minor blues playing and your jazz playing in general. Now, again, it can be a little bit difficult to come up with all this stuff, compose your own exercises. And especially if you're uh, you know, a musician who's a saxophone player or a horn player or a bass player, it's hard to find material in that are transposed into your keys. I've done all the work for you in Minor Blues Accelerator. Um, I've spared no expense on making sure that all material is available for C instruments, B flat, E flat, and bass clef instruments. It's not an easy feat to do, but me and my team do it every single time, and it's worth it. And it makes this process so much easier. And you have a great course platform to walk you through this whole thing. And you have a community. You can see the progress you're making because after you do a lesson, it's checked off, it's done. All of this stuff just makes it so much easier, so much more helpful. And the training videos that come with it and the audio lectures that come with it, um, you know, it's it's all just helpful stuff. So if you think that would be helpful, definitely go check out Minor Blues Accelerator. Okay, that's all for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening today. Hope you found this helpful. Again, if you'd like to join me, Minor Blues Accelerator, go to minorbluesaccelerator.com. Would love, love to have you. Um, you can also, if you're one of my Inner Circle members, you already have access to that. So if you're an Inner Circle member, uh, you can find that in your courses section of your membership. And of course, you can also become an Inner Circle member and you'll have access to Minor Blues Accelerator 
all of my courses, a monthly jazz standard study and Q&As with me, monthly Q&As, live Q&As with me. Uh, and, and a lot of basic one-on-one courses I could go on in a really cool community. So, uh, for that, you could just go to minorbluesaccelerator.com as well, and you'll see that option available, uh, to, to become a member. Uh, so thank you very much. Appreciate you. Uh, hope if you're not going to become a member to just, uh, Hey, take action on this stuff, right? I, I gave you the plan. I gave you the framework. All is that's left is, is up to you to, to make it happen. Right. And those who take action, those are the ones that get results, right? So I want that for you. My goal is to help you become a better jazz player no matter what. So uh, get in there, commit to something. If it's not this program, you know, figure out something else that you can apply the Recycling Jazz Practice Program to that deals with something that's going to accomplish your musical and jazz goals, okay? All right, Minor Blues Month is over, but next week we're going to be having a great episode on the podcast. You can be sure of that. It won't be Minor Blues <laughs> in case you are tired of Minor Blues. Until then, happy practicing. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the LJS Podcast, brought to you by LearnJazzStandards.com. Subscribe to the series on iTunes, and don't forget to join our jazz community at LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash newsletter. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.